today on the news and why it matters. Beto O'Rourke thinks that mass shooters are, you know, going to follow the law. That's adorable. Of course. That's so cute. They may be sick and twisted, but they're not going to break the law. <laughs> That's a great point, Glenn. Right. Also, we watched the debate last night, so you didn't have to. We got a lot coming up, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by the one and only Mr. Glenn Beck. Thank you. That's two days in a row. Two days in a row. Some kind of record these days. I want days. to announce also, we have a special coming two weeks from tonight. Two weeks from tonight. A pretty incredible update on the chalkboard. One you do not want to miss. Two Ooh. weeks from tonight. Uh, also, Stuber Gear. do you have a special update for us Four as well? Four weeks from tonight. Four weeks. Yeah, it's about the mistakes he makes on the next chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got on his uh, maiden voyage on the show, Scott Pressler. Uh, Scott, you have uh, you've been on Glenn's radio program talking about your it's the persistence, right? Is that the name of your movement? Yes, ma'am. The persistence, and yes, you are persistence means to continue on despite resistance. There you go. There you go. And he has been uh, just picking up trash all over the place in Baltimore, places where their own the, the own city, the city management won't even do it. So, got a lot to to get into that we want to talk to you about as yes, well. Uh, first, we want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. So if you were watching the debate last night, they were all talking about all the wonderful things that they can do with your guns, including wait until you see Beto saying, yeah, it means that we are going to have to send an officer to your door. That is craziness. Uh, but before they get there, they will just make it absolutely impossible for anybody to afford anything, including ammunition. They're talking about a 50% tax on ammunition. That could double you the price of your ammunition. If you want to be proficient with your gun, you have to shoot it. You have to, you have to practice. Um, a way to do that inexpensively and at your home is with iTarget Pro. I love this system. It helps me with trigger control. helps me stay when I'm not going to the range. Uh, when I go up into the mountains, I'm shooting every day, sometimes all day. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I come back and I'm working and I don't have to shoot. I can do this in my office. I could do this at home. And believe me, when you have a glass office, there's nothing better than sitting on your uh, at your desk just firing your pistol oh. people love that <laughs> oh, it's very popular i uh, i target pro you can get a 10 percent off plus free shipping if you use promo code news um so before we get into what beto said today i feel like we should kind of back up okay. and talk about uh what led to these comments so let's first watch uh beto last night at the debate talking about uh, Americans who do not voluntarily hand in their semi-automatic firearms and how there will be consequences for that. Watch. If someone does not turn in an AR-15 or an AK-47, one of these weapons of war, or, or brings it out in public and, and brandishes it in an attempt to intimidate, as we saw when we were That's at already Kent State uh, recently, then that weapon will be taken from them. Uh, if they persist, there will be other consequences from law enforcement. But the expectation is that Americans will follow the law. I believe in this country. I believe in my fellow Americans. I believe no. that they will do the right Thank thing. You. No, you don't. He, he, he clearly doesn't believe in Americans if he wants to take away law-abiding citizens' guns that they bought legally, have a right to carry. I don't think you could ban them. They do a weapons ban, an assault weapons ban. Stu and I both don't think that that will stand constitutionally mm -hmm. because of the changes that the courts have handed down recently. He clearly doesn't believe that. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just amazed at how he can say, if you are brandishing it, if you're brandishing a gun, you're going to jail anyway. That's illegal. So if you take it out and you're brandishing it, or if you don't uh, turn it back in, you're going to get a stop by, the, by, by a law enforcement agency. I read a research report done by the left recently on what the triggers are, no pun intended, for a civil war. The number one trigger for a civil war is confiscation of guns. Mm -hmm. It is the number one way to split this country right directly in half and have us actually in a hot civil war. Why, if you have that research, why would you, as a party, be going down this road? Well, uh, that's a great question for Beto O'Rourke. And so CNN, shockingly, pushed back 
on what he said last night. He was on with Allison Camerota this morning, and of course they were asking him about his comments uh, about the Second Amendment and taking people's guns away. He doubled down on it. Watch. Wow. So this is the right thing to do, and I, and I fully expect my fellow Americans to follow the law. You expect mass shooters to follow the law? Wow. <laughs> Good for Allison. Yeah. Our fellow Americans will follow <laughs> the law. Pause there. Yes. Cool. Um, and mass every shooters one don't, of those by definition, million... the mass shooters in Parkland, in El Paso, I could go on for 10 minutes. They don't follow the law. By definition, what uh, Mayor Buttigieg was saying, yeah, this it's obviously think high, aim, you know, shoot for something aspirational. But it doesn't make sense that people are going to hand over their assault weapons if they're mass shooters. (laughs) If they want to do harm to people, they're not going to follow the law. So then what's your plan? Yeah. Uh, So I I don't (laughs) make any law or stop making any law because you fear that some people will not follow the law in in any part of of American life. Law abiding people follow the law, but our problem is with mass shooters who don't. You know, Allison, by, by that logic, we, we wouldn't commence writing any new legislation or signing that anything into law for fear of some people not following the law. So we know, because we've seen this in other countries, that when we take this step, we save the lives of those who would otherwise be taken from these mass shootings. Oh we prevent God. guns from getting into painful. the wrong hands, and we take them out of the hands of those who shouldn't own them in the first place. I would like to introduce you to my friend, Stu. Stu, could you tell me about the magic number 900? The magic number 900? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We there, are nine, there are nine. They keep quoting 40,000 people are yeah. killed in gun violence. Oh, oh, gun yes. violence. Yes. I know why this Let is. Let me give you the number 900. Uh, in fact, I would change it to 300 because there's about 300 uh, murders by any type of rifle in the United States uh, every I single year. I thought it was year. nine. No, it's really? 300. It's 300. So again, Think about what's, what we have 40,000 people dying from gun violence, the majority of those suicides, but brush that off for a second. You're talking about to stop gun violence, to get the weapon off of the streets that's responsible for much less than 300, because 300 is all types of rifles combined, not just the ones he's pulling off the streets. So this, I mean, what could you do? What would this do even if it worked? It would probably, probably nothing, right? Even if they got them off the street. And then the, the ridiculous logic of getting people to turn them in and, and acting as if you believe they're going to, because you are guaranteeing you are only taking them away from people who will not use them in, in, in a terrible way. You're yeah. o- you are not taking any away from mass shooters. You're only taking them away from people who are definitely not mass shooters because no mass shooter is going to, you know, deal with a, with this law mm-hmm. when they're ready to break one uh, that is much, much worse. Yeah. Scott, your thoughts? Well, let's break it down even further. So the Democratic Party is the party that's anti-police, anti-Blue Lives Matter, but now Beto Francis O'Rourke is saying, let's have... Did I do that? I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually he's, Robert Francis. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm right. so sorry. Yeah, yeah. But he's suggesting that they're going to empower law enforcement then to go to private citizens' homes, taking away their Second Amendment right, actually giving more power to the police, the very group that they well, don't no, like. But that was their solution last time in the 1800s yeah. mm-hmm. with, with blacks and the Klan. They empowered the Klan to come at night in guise first, in guise of police officers, saying... We have to take your gun for your own safety. They did this to Martin Luther King, even. Yeah. Come as a police officer. We have to take your gun for your own safety. Ride off into the woods, put the guns down, put the hoods on, ride back in, and terrorize these Mm. people. It's insane what they're doing. Uh, One of the uh, most surprising, well, I guess it shouldn't be surprising to me, but um, one of the most incredible things that I saw in that full clip, I don't think it was in this that we played, um, but if you go back and watch the full clip, he actually says... Well, it's, this isn't going to prevent all mass shootings. Right. It was like, so you want to prevent some of some. them and then leave me defenseless against <laughs> the ones so, that happen. It's 300 shootings or 300 people that have died. By all rifles, 300 By, people who die. 300 people. So wow. you are willing to go and break the Constitution, send police officers to people's house, risk a civil war... To save 300 lives. And it's not. 300. And it will not 
work mm-hmm. besides the fact it won't work. Even if you, it's not even 300, right? That's all rifles combined. So you're taking, I mean, it's well, a some percentage of 300 if it worked perfectly, which we of course know that, right. it, that it won't. Um, and, you know, this is all about virtue signaling for yes. them, right? Like they're signaling to their audience, I'm doing something, I swear. And this is, of course, you see the Beto desperation, the Beto, sorry, Beto brand desperation. He's <laughs> now copyrighted it. Um, it. It is like, what? he's, no, I'm, I'm oh, he, he, did? he I should, that. he should. He's doing something I haven't seen any other politician do. He's getting more and more desperate. The, the policies get crazier and crazier. And he's trying to defend um, territory that's further and further out there to the, to the extent of like, I think we all recognize that there's no chance at all that gun confiscation would be constitu- constitutional. No. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no, like, Beto knows this. It would go up to the, the court, and it would, of course, be rejected by court after court after court. But take it back from there. He's the crazy, like, left-wing guy on this particular situation. Go back to the moderate position. Every single candidate on stage and the ones off stage support an assault weapons ban. The assault weapons ban was in effect from 1994 to 2004. The issue with this is they just seem like they're going to like, oh, well, we could just put that thing back in. That was great. We all know it didn't work, and, and you know all the studies show that it didn't reduce violence. However, it also occurred, began, and ended before the Heller decision mm-hmm. that went to the Supreme Court. If you remember when this was in effect, the, there was a debate about whether you actually had the right to own a firearm in the Constitution before it was finally clarified in, in the Supreme Court. When was it, 2008? Mm-hmm. Anyway, long story short, in there is the standard for, for weapons, and it's in common use is the standard. And even by the most restrictive vision of what common use is, uh, the AR-15 and the AK-47 would be absolutely uh, within the realm of common use. So you, c- I don't even think you could ban those now, even in the, with the old legislation that's already been in effect, let alone extending that to confiscation. It's completely ridiculous. I don't think any of them actually believe it could go into effect. They're just trying to win over the Democratic activists. I think it is something that they would try. If they had they power try. all three branches, they, I believe they would, actually, they would actually try to do this. Scott, do you think, so I watched that clip the first time and I was like, wow, CNN is, they're actually waking up. And then I wondered, okay, or are they just mad because Beto is the one who's actually saying what they all secretly want to do and CNN wants to make him stop? Which one do you think it is? I'm willing to bet CNN doesn't actually agree in not confiscating the guns. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think the chosen person is Liz Warren, mm-hmm. and they're trying to shut Beto down in a hurry and get him out so they're not taking away money from other contenders. You also need to know that was Alice Camerata, yeah. and she was with Fox for a long, long time. I mean, oh, really? I considered her a friend for a very long time. And not that we had any falling out, I just mm-hmm. haven't talked to her. Yeah. Um, but she used to seem to be very common sense. Hmm. She was not really? conservative. She was just kind of common sense. Watching her over the years, I've seen that common sense kind of fly out. But this may also actually just be something she really still holds on to. And that, that's insane. Because if you think about it just logically, math, mathematically, you don't have to be a conservative yeah. to understand what they're proposing will not work. Yeah. All right. Back in a minute. Mm. Well, it's like um, I was just at the American Party Conference, and they had the Google whistle. Before we get back into the conversation, we want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. Thanks, Glenn. You're welcome. Uh, This is my company. This isn't a company I represent. This is my company. This is a company that I started, uh, I don't know, five years ago. We've had incredible success from people who... Um, have tried to sell their homes. I just got a letter from a woman who, or a guy who said, we tried to sell our home. My wife and I tried to sell our home. We tried for a year. We couldn't get it. We switched over. We called realestateagentsitrust.com. You guys gave us the name of a real estate agent. We sold it within two weeks. We told our mom about it who wanted to sell her house. They sold her house within two weeks as well. If you want a difference, you want to see what a good real estate agent is like, we'll find the right one for you in your area. They will be the best in your area. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. So before we get back into uh, Democrat debate talk, Scott, wanted to talk to you about all of the the work that you're doing. I know, know we referenced the persistence earlier, the movement that you started, that you're picking up trash everywhere. You're uh, you're coming to Texas to um, to to talk to people about voter registration. Um, tell us tell us what has been the most impactful thing that, that you think that you've done. 
Honestly, I think the Baltimore cleanup is one of the proudest moments of my life, which is, you know, difficult because I was an Eagle Scout. I've had a life of community service. But I'll never forget when we went to Baltimore and picked up 12 tons of trash in 12 hours after President Trump brought up the issue of trash in Baltimore. I'll never forget her name is Miss Louise. She's 81 years old. She's four foot 10 inches tall, <laughs> which is funny because I'm six foot five. So when she's next to me, she's like here. And I promised her, I said, Miss Louise, I'm going to come back in a month. And I did. And she lit up when I came back and I saw a woman who probably has had so many people promise things to her but never deliver. Mm -hmm. And here I am, a white Republican coming into West Baltimore, the site of the Freddie Gray protest. Mm -hmm. And while Elijah Cummings has been there for decades and never walked the streets of West Baltimore, I did. And I kept my promise. So, but you are... um, uh, you are so politically wired. Yes. Um, we were talking beforehand about what's happening in November, just a few weeks away. Yes. On, on the races all around the country. Virginia, I don't hear anybody really talking about this. Virginia, it, it, this is make or break yes. in just a couple of weeks. Oh, no, I need to be clear to everyone watching right now. This November, on Tuesday, November 5th, 2019, is a big statewide election where every seat in the Senate and the House of Delegates is up for election. Every seat. And right now we have a Democrat governor, Ralph Northam, and Republicans only have a one seat majority in each chamber. If we lose, the Democrats can pass whatever they Want so wait a minute. Is that normal that every seat is up at every the same two time? years? Every seat, just like Congress, that's normal. We're the only state in the entire country that has an election both every ha- year. Both yes. houses. Both that's house. crazy. That's crazy. Oh. Huge change. And I know in Kentucky, uh, yes, Seven was in trouble until recently. I think wasn't he? He's still in trouble right now. The teachers' uh, unions are working very hard against Governor Matt Bevin. Mm-hmm. So we have to hold this seat in the Commonwealth of Kentucky as well. It's critical. Are there any other states that we yes. need to be paying attention to? New Jersey, Virginia, Kentucky, Mississippi. And Louisiana, those are the five. And as we know, Louisiana is going to run off on November 16th. Is anybody leaning or any of these states leaning in our favor to give us any hope? Give or us is some it good just, news. Yeah, <laughs> it it's up to like us. Yeah. I want people that are hearing this right now. It's within our power. If you want to win... Make it happen. Stop tweeting. Stop Facebooking. Go donate. Go knock on doors. Go write letters. Go make phone calls. Anything is within our power. And to people who say to me, Scott, my voice doesn't matter. I don't count on one person. Well, we won Michigan in 2016 and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Iowa and Florida and Ohio. And if we can do that, we can do anything. And so I say going into 2020 and going to the November elections, anything is possible if you want it. Make it happen. Stop talking. Start doing. So you're going now to Austin. Yes. You're going with Alan West. I think you're with him tonight, right? Yes. Tonight we're going to be hosted by the Dallas Jewish Conservatives here at the Studio Movie Grill in uh, Mm. Dallas. And I'll Mm. be with Colonel Alan West. Yeah. So, And you're talking about what's happening in Texas. They are actively working to turn the state blue. Yes. Texans just don't think it could ever happen. And I'm telling you, it will. If you don't wake up, it will turn blue. Yeah. Um, and so, so when you go out, like, mm-hmm. what is the reaction? Because you don't look like a Republican. Thank you. That's <laughs> no, no, no. I take that you, as a compliment. Right? I, do. I mean yeah. it as one. I keep telling these kids, they'll come up and they'll be in the tie and everything else. And I'll be like, no. first thing you do, take the tie off. Yeah. Man. Yes. Take the tie off. So what do people say to you? Well, first, you know, I stand before, well, sit before you as a six foot five gay Republican who learned Spanish at an elementary school to welcome in our parents, the majority of whom were Spanish. And in my spare time, I studied Arabic on YouTube to welcome refugees into our school, having graduated from George Mason University, starting off as a dog walker, picking up dogs droppings for a living. I am the American dream. I'm sitting here with Glenn Beck. Come on. (laughs) Gosh darn it. 
So no, I am not a typical Republican, but I see this as my responsibility to reach out. I'm look at all this long hippie hair too. <laughs> but we have to show people we are just loving, patriotic, red, white, and blue Americans that love our country so much, and we want to protect our Constitution. And you know what? The main thing that I'm fighting for right now is I want a seven to two majority on the Supreme Court of the United States. I know that I'm not fighting four months ahead or four years ahead. I'm looking 40 years ahead. And when I'm an old man, I want the world to know that I use my life and my platform to help secure America's future. Wow, good for you. That's awesome. Is this the Boy Scout part of you? Is this the Eagle Scout? <laughs> this is the Eagle Scout yeah, part Eagle of Scout. me. No, and but in all seriousness, my dad is a retired Navy captain, and my mom is a, a loving military spouse, and they instilled these values into me. I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't yeah, for mom and dad. I bet. I bet. That's amazing. Good for you. What do you know? What date you're going to to Austin yet? If, do you need help? Can we I tell do everyone? need help, yes. Okay, if anybody would everyone? like to help, please go to scottpressler.org. There's only one S in Pressler, which stands for scintillating. <laughs> <laughs> and you can sign up to help us. We're actually going to be in Dallas this Saturday helping to pick up trash and sneak peek. We're not only going to Dallas. We didn't only go to L.A. We didn't go to Baltimore. We're going to Chicago. Mm. We're going to MAGA country. Mm. And I'm going to... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know I brought the jokes today. <laughs> right. yeah, you're bringing them. You're bringing them. And I'm going to very respectfully ask uh, Jesse Smollett to come help us pick up trash. You know, if black lives matter and if people truly care about the black community, prove it. Come out with us. Put on some gloves. Put on a mask. Put on a hazmat suit like we did. Hazmat suit. And pick most, up trash. One of the most amazing things I've ever seen, the, the, the before and after pictures yes. of the trash. Remarkable. It was bad. Well, and I think one of the most frustrating things for me is watching what you've been doing and then um, not mm. seeing it anywhere in mainstream media because they're too busy talking about Trump's tweets. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's one of those times that you're like, thank God for social media. I go back to what Billy Graham said to me. And I just thought of this recently. Billy Graham, when I said to him, where is the next George Washington? Where is the next Abraham Lincoln? The next Billy Graham? Mm -hmm. Where is that? And he said... I don't think there's going to be another one. And I was like, oh, That's boy. Sad. No, but what he said was, this problem is so big, the Lord is not going to depend on one person. He said, people all over are just going to pop up, and no one will be a huge celebrity. Yeah. It will be so clear that it was the individual just doing the right thing sure. that that's what changed the world. Yeah. All right, back in a minute. That's great. That's awesome. Look no further than our president. In case you have not yet done so, you got to uh, remember to submit your contest entry for our Blaze merch contest. Remember, we just, we all knew, we revamped all new merch in the Blaze Media shop. I have Here's our model. Lovely Carol Merrill. <laughs> our model right I have here. larger breasts than she ever did. <laughs> oh, gosh. You can find <laughs> News and Why It Matters gear. Uh, he's also wearing, I don't know if, if you can see it on camera, but it's the Blaze Media logo. It's a really awesome hat. We've got Glenn Beck merch. We've got his shirt that says "Just Shut Up," which I, I want. I want it. <laughs> I want one too. It hasn't been delivered yet. You don't yet. even have one yet. I don't have it. It's supposed to come this week. <laughs> How does that work with the movement of love we've been discussing here? The well, because there <laughs> are times that you can say with a very loving voice, oh. "Just shut up." <laughs> that was nice. That was or put same. up. Or put, yeah, yeah, there you go. Put up or yeah. Shut uh, up. We've got Chad Prather gear. We've got all the shows, and we've got you know some patriotic wear as well. So you know live. For your die, taxation is theft. We've got it all. It is shop.theblaze.com. All you have to do to enter, you can, you can win one of, you get to pick, you get to pick what you want. You can win one of a t-shirt, a hat, or a mug of Ooh. your choice. All you have to do, are you ready? Go to where you listen to the podcasts, go subscribe, rate us Five stars, obviously, because we're going to give you free merch if you win. Send, take a screenshot and send it to me on social media. I prefer Twitter. Uh, that's where I'll likely see it. Send it to me that you've done it. We're compiling. We've got a bunch of names already. We're compiling all of the names so that you can be uh, added to the list to win. We're going to announce them on Friday. And again, you get to pick. So if you're like, 
Well, I don't really like the news and why it matters stuff. I mean, <laughs> I only watch because Glenn Beck is on. Mm. Okay, well, that's fine. You can get Glenn Beck merch. He's like, okay. The Colonel. We've got the Colonel merch, too. We do. That's my face. <laughs> it's amazing. With my face on, my, on a bucket on the hat. There you go. <laughs> Great. Uh, and then don't forget, we have more to come in overtime. You can watch it at blazetv.com. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. I know everyone has been, you've all been waiting on the edge of your seat, like, oh my gosh, when are they going to talk about debate coverage? All I want to hear about is debate coverage. Okay, we, we've got you covered here. I know you're super excited to get into it. Um, let's start with Joe Biden, who, Stu, let me ask you just really quickly as a general basis before we get into the specifics, what would you grade him for last night? Uh, he was Okay, he's probably one of his better performances. The problem is that that's a very low bar to clear. Uh, you know, I mean, he he didn't still, talk about record players. He didn't talk about that. He didn't say text Joe three three zero to a website. Clipping coupons in the stock market, though, which was this very strange. Yeah, he. I mean, he was okay. I I I don't think he chased away any of his own fans. I don't think I don't see him winning over new ones, which is really, I guess, his problem now with the rise of Warren. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he is. He still has his verbal screw-ups. I mean, he, him trying to explain what he was talking about with capital gains taxes, which is, uh, is like, inexplicable. He was going to, what, he was going to eliminate them. eliminate them and then double them. Yeah, and I think we have, let, let's watch oh, it. Okay. The way to get things done is take a look at the tax code right now. The idea, we have to start rewarding work, not just wealth. I would eliminate the capital gains tax. That I, like, I, would, wow, I would raise yeah. the capital gains tax no. oh. to the highest oh. rate of oh, 39.5%. I would double it. Because oh. guess what? Why in God's name should someone who's clipping coupons in the stock market make, in fact, what? pay a lower tax rate than someone who, in fact, is, uh, like I said, the, a school teacher and a firefighter? It's ridiculous. And they pay a lower tax. Huh? Uh, he's just jumbled, man. I, you, you feel in some ways bad because, yeah. he, you know, I think he, what he's trying to do, and he did this a lot last night, was try to prove that he is sharp by bringing up lots of figures and details on bills, but he can't get there. <laughs> and it's like, he should get more general. Like, slow down, yeah. get more general, talk about ideas, principles, generally. Don't get into the muck, because that's not what he needs. He just needs to be Joe Biden that looks like he's not going to um, you know, start speaking in tongues in the middle of, a, 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 <laughs> of his, his commentary. He's, he's already the vice president. He's already He already did all that. He already... Without screwing up, he's won, right? Right. And now he's screwed up so many times that he's no longer winning. He just needs to come up and be the, the vice president, and the, you know, a representative of the Obama administration, and not look like he's going to fall over on stage. And so far, he hasn't hit that standard. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, Scott, I want to bring you into the conversation. Um, let's watch Anderson Cooper, hard-hitting question, finally, from a journalist on what happened in Ukraine. Watch. President Trump has falsely accused your son of doing something wrong while serving on a company board in Ukraine. I want to point out there's no evidence of wrongdoing by either one of you. Having said that, on Sunday, you announced that if you're president, no one in your family or associated with you will be involved in any foreign businesses. My question is, if it's not okay for a president's family to be involved in foreign businesses, why was it okay for your son when you were vice president? Vice President Biden? Look, uh... My son did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. I carried out the policy of the United States government in rooting out corruption in, yeah. in Ukraine. Uh, I guess by that he means he got his son out of Ukraine. Um, but hard-hitting question by Anderson, teeing it up to just say, uh, well, you've been falsely accused of this. Um, obviously, it's not true, but what do you want to say about it? Well, let's take this back to the reason why we're talking about it. It's all because of President Trump, who brilliantly brought this issue to light. This would not be a debate question if it weren't for Trump bringing up 
where's Hunter Biden and where are these China dealings, these Ukraine dealings? And uh, I think Anderson, don't be on his side being like, go, Anderson. I still think it's because Liz Warren is the chosen one. And now they're on a mission to stop Biden, get him out of the race. And because this is all a distraction right now. Right. So Um, first of all, I think that's the right pace. That's Biden. That's what he should be doing with yeah. every question, right? It was slow. It was deliberate. It was short sentences. And, like, he doesn't need to go crazy um, pulling out those details. Of course, I don't really want him to win, so that's a whole other situation. Um, and when it comes down to, the, to, to this, the, the Anderson question, you know, it is a he's playing to the media there. And I like Anderson, you know, but it's, mm-hmm. it's like he's playing to the media there. There's been a lot of media criticism and the criticism from the 2016 election on the Democratic side was you guys are making too big of a deal of these emails. Now everyone thinks it's a real issue. Um, and well, first of all, it was a real issue. Right. Um, so that was part of it. But they look at it as you gave the election to Trump because you made Hillary look corrupt. Now, cr- Hillary was corrupt, of course. Yeah, That's uh, a minor part of this. And I think that is a real realization that the Democrats need to come to when they go through this process is you can have... Like, uh, you know, Ezra Klein made this point as well today on the left. You go through a primary to see what candidate can perform in a tough spot. You see what candidate can actually do this and win. If you coddle your candidates through the primary, you're going to be in massive trouble. And it happened with Hillary last time. They coddled her throughout the race. What happened when Bernie was, when this was brought up? What did Bernie say? I've heard the world's heard enough about your damn emails. Remember that whole thing? They brushed it off as if it was nothing. Well, then Trump made it something. Right. And Trump won the election, arguably because of it. The same thing happens here with Democrats. They have to realize that if they don't let Biden go through the fire now in what is essentially a friendly place, Trump is going to exploit this into a much bigger issue and he's not going to be prepared to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, Before we move on, one more clip of Biden talking about uh, speaking with his son, Hunter, about everything that happened in Ukraine. Watch. Hold on, I'm sorry, I just want to follow up. Mr. Vice President, as you said, your son Hunter today gave an interview, admitted that he made a mistake and showed poor judgment by serving on the, the, that board in Ukraine. Did you make a mistake by letting him? You were the point person Anderson. on Ukraine at, at the time. If you, you can answer. Look, my son's statement speaks for itself. I did my job. I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. Mm-hmm. No one has indicated I have. We've always kept Except everything him. separate. Even when my son was the attorney general of the state of Delaware, we never discussed anything. So there'd be no potential conflict. My son made a judgment. I'm proud of the judgment he made. I'm proud of what he had to say. And let's focus on this. So, your thoughts? Uh... It's fascinating, I guess. I mean, you know, look, he's he's trying to cover for his son. I mean, I, you understand that as a dad. It's a bad issue for him. Uh, you know, one thing he brought up was we'd never talked about it. Well, in the New Yorker, was it New Yorker? I get them confused. In that piece, Hunter says we did have one brief conversation about it where he said, do you know what you're doing? And he said, yes. Um, you know, it was a passing conversation. It's not that big of a violation of fact. But the point is, he didn't know what he was doing. And, you know, the, as the vice president of the United States, you need to be on top of that. You need to be in front of him and saying, you know what, don't just say you know what you're doing to your son who has gone through massive uh, personal problems and has very poor judgment, as he would probably admit throughout his entire life. Right. I mean, like, ma- you know, major drug abuse issues, you know, all sorts of crazy relationship stuff, car accidents, you know, buying crack under bridges. I mean, legitimately. So this is not a per- that you just go to and say, hey, I, I, you got this one all squared away when you're vice president of the United States. It's not something that, that you do. And, you know, it's just impossible for me to believe that, uh, you know, that Hunter Biden on a plane with Joe Biden as they go to Ukraine together. This doesn't come up. Why are you going to Ukraine? I mean, did you think he was going for another hostile sequel? What was, the, what was, the, what was his reason to go to, to, to go to Ukraine? It doesn't make any sense. No one goes to Ukraine. You're visiting Chernobyl? What is the reason? There's no reason. Of course he knew why he was going there. And, you know, it's, it's a pathetic defense. But, you know, it's, you see it resonates with the Democrats in the audience. Because you, Cory Booker tried this little shtick later on. And he's the most prepared, awful politician I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> But he comes out, he goes, ah, it's deja vu all over again. We're doing this email thing. Did you know it's deja vu all over again? It's deja vu all over again. As a famous New Jersey and Yogi Berra said, it's deja vu all over. Okay, shut up. But that's, that was his shtick. His shtick was to come to Joe's defense yeah. and say, 
these mean media members that give our side such a hard time. I mean, can you believe these yeah, people think incredible. this? It's insane. It's incredible. Uh, Scott, as you pointed out earlier, it seems like the media is vying for, for Warren to become the nominee, which I guess was why all of the other candidates kind of piled on yeah. to, uh, to Warren last night. They were very critical of her several different moments in the debate. Let's watch uh, Pete Buttigieg, who just really slams Warren for not being able to give a simple answer on her Medicare for All plan. Watch. We heard it tonight, a yes or no question that didn't get a yes or no answer. Look, this is why people here in the Midwest are so frustrated with Washington in general and Capitol Hill in particular. Your signature, Senator, is to have a plan for everything except this. No plan has been laid out to explain how a multi-trillion dollar hole <laughs> in this Medicare for All plan that Senator Warren is putting forward is supposed to get filled in. And the thing is, we really can deliver health care for every American and move forward with the boldest, biggest transformation since the inception of Medicare itself. But the way to do it without a giant multi-trillion dollar hole and without uh, having to avoid a yes or no question is Medicare for all who want it. <laughs> Uh, he was not the only one. Shockingly, the MSNBC panel afterwards, post-debate, they also were a little bit skeptical of Lizzie. They said that she, okay, really, she's going to do all this without tax hikes to the middle class. How is that even possible? Here's what they said. She was annoyed um, uh, yeah, because yeah. she came under attack, and she was under she came under a lot of attack uh, for the Medicare for all um, on the Medicare for all question and the question of would she raise taxes? And she has a formula that she sticks to. She says costs will go down for the middle class. She will not say that taxes mm -hmm. will go up, but other costs will come down, as as Bernie Sanders says. She just won't go there, and she was pummeled for it. Yeah, it makes her look like she's hiding. And it's mm, makes her look like she's hiding something. Uh, what do you think, Scott? <laughs> I think that's pretty obvious, but she it's interesting was... hearing from MSNBC. Well, and especially Claire McCaskill, who just lost her seat in 2018. <laughs> okay. No, Ooh, she was dodging fired. the question. Yeah. She wouldn't answer if she would raise taxes on the middle class. They listened very carefully. She said she wanted to raise taxes on the millionaires and billionaires, <laughs> like her buddy Bernie Sanders, who just became a millionaire, mm -hmm. by the way, which mm -hmm. I just think is really mm -hmm. funny because he no longer says yes. millionaires. Mm -hmm. He cut that just out completely. Well, until he becomes one, and then yes. he'll find a reason. Yeah. But no, there are just so many holes in the argument. You know, Liz Warren isn't able to say if she's going to allow people to have the choice not to be on the Medicare for all, thus removing millions of people from their private insurance plans, mm -hmm. which is why I think Klobuchar is probably one of the most reasonable because even she sees the hole in that argument, but Klobuchar will never get it. But hey, I, si I just sit back. I've got my popcorn. Yeah. I'm eating it. I'm ready to go. Please pick Liz Warren. She is the farthest to the left, and I think she will lose spectacularly in this battle between capitalism and socialism. Yeah. She's tailor-made for Donald Trump. I mean, there is no <laughs> candidate on that stage that could possibly be designed to be a better uh, opponent. If Donald Trump can't beat her, he can't beat any of them. Because, And I think he can beat her. Um, but th this, she is... She's stilted. She's stiff. She's repetitive. Yes. She's robotic. She she gets a deer in headlights mm -hmm. look in her when someone puts pressure on her. Yeah. You saw it. I mean, if you can't ha stand up to the pressure of Pete Buttigieg, you're not going to be able to deal with <laughs> Donald know. Trump. Because John <laughs> Trump, I mean, look, he, Trump's not going to go into every detail of these policies. But when he hears her give that same response for the third time, he is going to obliterate her and embarrass her on stage. And then she's going to get the deer in headlights yeah. look. It's a terrible formula. I don't know why Democrats are doing it. Um, I mean... God bless him. Uh, it's, but it's interesting to see on her, uh, her actual strategy on that question because it's, it's been asked of her in every single debate, and she has formulated a red line in her head that I'm just not going to say the taxes mm -hmm. are going to go up. Yep. And they keep asking her and asking her and asking her, and she repeats the same thing over and over again. I guess the theory being that, like, I don't want to give a commercial to the Republicans you know, that says, you know, the, the, the rates are going to go up. But it's like... What she's saying is the rates, are, your, your tax rates are going to go up and we're going to lower costs in other areas and overall you'll do better. It's not a true position at all, but it's a defensible position if you happen to be a crazy socialist and believe that it's actually going to help the cost, right? Like, it's a defensible position and Bernie defended it. Bernie was honest about it. She can't even do that. Mm -mm. This is a very basic thing. 
And it's not the first time she's done it. She also does it with the word socialism. She won't say she's a socialist when she has the same policies as Bernie. Absolutely. She says she's a capitalist. She's a responsible capitalist because she wants you to believe she's something that she's not. I don't think it works. I mean, and Trump is going to be the perfect person to shine a spotlight on that. I mean, she's going to get obliterated in a debate with him. Yeah. Uh, Did you think that there was a clear winner? I thought if I was going to name a winner, I'd say Buttigieg. I thought Buttigieg was wow. really good. He was really good in that exchange with Warren. He was really good in the exchange with Beto. Um, you know, he's what, what was interesting about Buttigieg. And I liked watching these things as like a, you know, I'm on Sports Center. Like, I mean, this is my, you know, like right. I, I take it out of the realm of policy uh, sure. as, as we talk about these things. His, they're all, their policies are terrible. But as, a, as an actual matchup, Buttigieg provides some interesting challenges to Trump because he's the exact opposite, right? Mm. He's not He's not bombastic. He's not flamboyant. He's not a guy who can, who's going to, um, you know, come up with the catchy line. But he is really smart. He's very well-spoken. Uh, he doesn't seem to get rattled very easily. Uh, he's young, and, you know, Trump's double his age. There's a real, like, white and black, like, lo- dividing line between those two. And where Buttigieg, I think, is dangerous if he were to win the nomination, which I still don't think he will— but he's dangerous because there's a decent amount of Americans who like the outcomes of the Trump presidency so far. Sure. Where they see, like, I like the low taxes, the economy's good, there's a lot of things I like. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's a chunk of that audience that is just sick of Trump and sick of the circus and yeah. sick of the, the tweets and all of that. They just don't like that. And if, if someone can come to the, to the American people and say, look, Elizabeth Warren's a crazy socialist. I'm, I'm rational. This is what I say. And, like, you know, he, when he insults me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a minute and I'm going to say something smart. And there's a, per, there's a percentage of people that will be vulnerable to that, I think, even though that Buttigieg is not a moderate. He's not. He's, he's not as he's presenting himself. But there's a dangerous, I think, um, uh, matchup dichotomy there between Trump and Buttigieg. And, and to a lesser extent, there's a couple of other candidates that could kind of slide in there. Maybe Klobuchar would be another. Um, but she's not going to get it. But she's not going to get it. He is there. I mean, he's 12% in Iowa. Yeah. He's at 8% in, I think, New Hampshire. He's competitive. Literally nobody with a, a skin darker than a light tan will vote for the guy. So he has a major problem with minorities. Like he's getting literally zero percent in yeah. the breakdowns of these polls. He's got to bridge that gap. But you know, Elizabeth Warren, everything she's good at to to defeat another Democrat is something she's really vulnerable to Trump. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a nightmare matchup for the Democrats. Yeah. Uh, before we go, LeBron James, ah. because uh, you don't know this, Scott. LeBron James is actually Stu's favorite athlete ever. Oh, that's not true. It's okay. Not. My, he may be my least favorite person in human history. Um, uh, it's like Mao, LeBron. Not bad. Yeah, no, I don't okay. I'm definitely a, Le- a famed LeBron hater. Okay. Um, so LeBron, of course, we've, we've been keeping you up to date on all of the ridiculous comments that he's been making uh, about China and Hong Kong. Well, he doubled down because you, you know how they are. You know how these social justice warriors are. They can't ever just stop. Mm-mm. They got to just keep going. <laughs> Here's what he had to say. You know, I think, you know, when an issue comes up, if you feel passionate about it or you feel like um, it's something you want to talk about, then, then so be it. Um, I also don't think that um, every issue should be everybody's problem as well. You know, so, you know, when things come up, there's, there's multiple things that, that we haven't talked about that happen in our own in our own country that we don't bring up. You know, there's things that happen in my own community that, you know, trying to help my kids graduate uh, high school and go off to college is, you know, what, what's been my main concern over the last couple of years, you know, in my school. Um, you know, trying to make sure that the inner city kids that grow up in my hometown can have a brighter future and look at me as an inspiration to get out of the, you know, the hell hold of, of, of the inner city, you know, and we don't talk about those stories enough, um, but we tend to, you know, want to talk about so many other things as well. So there's issues all over the world. Um, and, and we, I think the, the best thing we can do is, you know, if you feel passionate about it, talk about it. Um, if you're not, um, if you don't have a lot of knowledge about it or you don't quite understand it, I don't think you should talk about it. Mm. Also, I wish that, I guess this isn't the, the one where he said, uh, I'm not a politician. Yeah, I did hear that as well. He's like, I, I'm not a politician. I, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not a politician. Oh, really? 
well, you've been speaking out on every other issue that everyone <laughs> praises you on because you're in line with the social justice sort of uh, movement. It's, it's okay to talk about those issues. I mean, you make some good points there, yeah. right? Like where, you know, you should just shut up about stuff if you don't know what you're talking about, which is something he needs Would to learn, nice not to did. teach. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, there's totally different things there. Um, I, I, uh, I, I'm fascinated by him because he is a person who gets all the benefits of the platform. He's able to go out there and say these things and everyone treats him as if he's really smart about all of these yeah. issues that he talks about. And then he blurts something like this out about China when he has no idea. I mean, like he can, you know, call call the inner city a hellhole all you want. It's a lot better than a, an internment camp. Right. And exactly. I'm, I'm glad you're here today because yeah. I remember a very famous person re- referencing an inner city as a hellhole. You said rat infested, and it became an international incident. Mm-hmm. Apparently, completely okay for LeBron James to call it a hellhole. Uh, I, it's a fascinating uh, difference on how these things get treated. And look, LeBron James just doesn't know anything about this you know, about China and, the, and its history, so he winds up butchering. Uh, Does he not? I don't know. I mean, Does he not? Maybe he does. I don't know. He certainly doesn't act like it. Um, I mean, obviously, the future for him should just be. There's no reason to talk about those things. You know, he's right. You don't have to have an opinion on everything, but um, you don't have to be comment on every issue. But that's what he should have done last time. Yeah. Just say, look, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I, I'm playing basketball here, man. Yeah, that's enough. So Scott turns out he does want to just shut up and dribble. Well, that quote kind of makes him sound like a Republican, <laughs> right? Shh, don't I was him. listening. I was going, yes, <laughs> I like this. Why don't we focus on our own backyard? I, that sounds like an America first agenda to me, right? <laughs> Why are we not taking care of our inner cities and making sure that our potholes are fixed and that our education is better than Japan and that we're taking care of our homeless and our veterans? I was like, okay, keep going, LeBron. <laughs> and then with all respect to you, I was like, yeah, hashtag team LeBron. But no. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just that Laker hater. So, uh, that's so if he keeps up that dialogue there of focusing on us and America first, well, I got nothing else to say. It would be nice, though, if he just kept, if he, he held himself to the same standard, right? Yeah, this like is a fallback just, position, right? Like, right. This is not his actual position. Is, is he position. an expert right. on Hong Kong and China? I'm probably going to gather no, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's heard enough after the Daryl <laughs> oh, Morey incident. Be. Yeah. Before he spoke up, though, I mean, you got to believe that yeah. After the, after all of the Houston Rockets merchandise was removed from you know from China, I mean there was a fallout. Yeah, you gotta believe that he did a little bit of homework if he didn't know about it before, <laughs> well, look, and that would have taken place before he made his first comment. It, it's a difficult. Or are you position. a LeBron apologist now? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a difficult position, right, to be in if you're an athlete when you don't know anything about this stuff, yeah. and, and and you're forced to comment on it. And, and look, he's trying to protect his his league and his team and his interests there. And he probably doesn't know all that much about China. What's inexplicable about LeBron is, unlike all the other players who had to talk about this, he had a week to prepare that crappy right. statement. Right. Like, he had a week to think about it and learn about it and know he was going to be asked about it. Yeah. And he came up with that. And then this, this little fallback thing is, like, I got caught. I look like an idiot. I got beat up on social media for a week. Mm-hmm. And now, I, 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 I you know, you shouldn't, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't talk about these issues. Yeah. It's like, it is a little bit... I mean, he is LeBron. He sucks. <laughs> All right. Uh, yesterday's poll, we asked you, will you be tuning in to the Democratic debate that took place last night? 77% of you are really smart and said no. Uh, 5% of you said yes. 18% said you're just watching for the crazy. You know what? I, ha- I have to admit, I was disappointed because I kept waiting for that moment where you would go, Oh my gosh, this is going to be all over the internet. They just said the most ridiculous thing, and I didn't see it. Yeah, but I mean, probably that Buttigieg Beto thing was probably the highest profile but moment, wasn't but it wasn't crazy. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you lose Marianne. But guys, <laughs> the problem. we're told the world is going to end in 12 years <laughs> unless we do that's something, great. That's right? A great point. Not a word about climate action, mm-hmm. but we heard about Ellen DeGeneres and George Bush being yeah. friends. <laughs> we're talking about the most important issues here, George Bush and Ellen. We also heard their, the opening uh, question was like, what are they, how do they feel about the Trump impeachment? <laughs> oh, yeah. And they spent just so much time, I think it was almost 20 minutes I was at very, the beginning, I, just bashing Trump. I was very entertained, though, by the Ellen uh, Bush thing because they all they had to do was come up with one Republican <laughs> they didn't hate uh, and they they were all uh, and it was all the dead guy what? they got like four of them came up with a guy who's dead <laughs> four of them again like, yeah, John McCain I got the guy who passed a lot of left leaning policies right. all due respect to John McCain obviously a war hero 
But I mean, can you pick somebody who's still breathing me that too. you can talk to? What the first one said, John McCain, and the rest were like, "Me too." Yeah, no, no that, that's the same. Like, that's that's a good one. one. I have to do that one. Yeah, and it's funny. Here's a guy that they absolutely obliterated yes. his character when he was running for president. Now he's the safe choice. Uh, today's poll: Who won last night's Democratic debate? Elizabeth Warren, these are your options. I didn't pick the options. I'm just telling you what they have on here. Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth Warren, <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard, Joe Biden, or Bernie Sanders. Wow. I mean, not even no Buttigieg didn't even make it. I mean, no I, I would say, honestly, out of that group, I would probably pick Sanders. I mean, Sanders needed to show that he was, like, still breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually came out with a lot of energy. And, and, look, his policies are insanity, but he defends them, and he doesn't back down like Warren does. I mean, I thought he showed pretty well in that one. Yeah. And he brought out his iconic line, I didn't write the bill. <laughs> when he did that, I went, oh, my heart just sings. I love when he says that. <laughs> He's a but, fun character. Yeah. If he wasn't going to cause incredible strife for a Well, I mean, just minor. Other than that. Minor. Just the minor, you know, becoming Venezuela. The minor, <laughs> minor. Yeah. Um, but other than that, <laughs> um, did you watch enough clips to really know who you felt like won? You know, I look at terms of who's the biggest threat to President Trump. And quite frankly, if it were a Tulsi versus Trump match, yeah. I could see many a Republican maybe siding with Tulsi. She was the only one who actually came out last night uh, in um uh, he, she didn't. She said she did not support third trimester abortion. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh, I she thought got, you were going to say impeachment. Oh, no. oh no. No, I think no, she, she. She supported that. She did. Oh. Yeah, I'm pretty she sure. She initially said she didn't. Um, really? Yeah, yeah I, I think she. I, I don't think it was clear with her. Initially. But I just thought she was very. She has a great voice. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's not. She's like Liz white. Warren, where it's very shrill. Yep. She was wearing white. And just, I, I think a lot of people really agree with her anti-war, no regime change stance. She's a serious person, too. I mean, yeah. You could tell, like, she's thought these things out. Yes. And whether you agree with her or not, she doesn't come off as, like, she's trying to read bumper stickers. She no. seems like someone who knows what she's talking about. I mean, and I think, like, I think Andrew Yang at some level has a, a has... You know, he kind of says the same policy over and over and over again. Sure. But it seems generally likable and at least shakes it up a little bit. Either one of those candidates might be able to win some mm-hmm. from the middle, but they have neither one of them has a chance of winning this. No primary. one's going to get the nomination. So I mean, at this point, it's moot. But I still I liked Yang and I like Tulsi. But no, I still am convinced it's going to be Liz Warren or a far left progressive. I call them the regressive. <laughs> That's very accurate. <laughs> Eerily accurate. Uh, let us know what you think. You can go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Scott, it was a pleasure having you. Thank you so much. Thank and again, you. to anybody that wants to do a trash cleanup, scottpressler.org. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Oh, thank, thank you. Scintillating? Scintillating. <laughs> You'll never forget that. No, I, don't <laughs> yeah, I already remember. I studied vocabulary <laughs> in school. Gosh, Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.